At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back for another OG Show Live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down. Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to, once again, the Bass Kayak and Beers. Brother, this is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Paladin. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host. Welcome back to the Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. Hey, here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey, guys, welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Welcome back, everyone. Feather and Fur, your host, Brad Hurlbus. And tonight, we have returning guest, Troy Stager. Got it right. I know yeah, I got it right. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Troy. Thank you. So a little background, Troy. Like, I, I butchered Troy's last name like seven times in a row. And yeah, I really had to focus on that before we started the show here. Yeah, it happens. It happens way too often. <laughs> You know, it's some German names. No one can pronounce mine either. It, it, it is what it is. That is a fact. But, I mean, mine's got, like, mine's now Hurlebus. But originally, like, way back when, we'll break it down, it was Hurlebaus. We'll okay. Real we'll go real German. We, we kind of we Englishified, Englishified it. Yeah. Yeah, mine didn't used to have an E in it. I guess it was an O with the two little dots over the top. So, whatever those things are called. I didn't know how to um, type that on a computer. Yeah, I, right. <laughs> When you got when you're typing your last name and you have to like hit shift over the ABC button to finally get the letter you need, like it's time to change it. Right. <laughs> Hold on, let me pull up my German keyboard to type my last name. <laughs> I know you're gonna like this, and I did this for the last episode. Do you see that new background? I did. I did. I like it a lot. Ain't she pretty? That it browning? is. Absolutely. I know you're a fan. I'm a fan. Troy and I, I are both fans. Think. Troy and I are both fans of nice shotguns. Yeah, pretty shotguns do it for me too. So. Something about it. Something about oh. it. I almost, almost traded it, and I'm happy I didn't. Like, I'm I, glad I, it, you was, didn't. it was a cool gun I was going to trade it for, but I'm happy I didn't because this one's just 
it's old it's classic it's not that old but i mean it's old it's 1984 so it's almost as old as me (laughs) oh you're just a kid though (laughs) so we're going to talk deer season and i know you've been you went all in last year and you're all in this year yeah yeah way way too much in fact you're sneaking around the woods changing trail cameras out and yeah, I'm, I'm doing that. And, you know, and honestly, I've taken scent control to a completely nerdy, pathetic level this time. Um, you know, and it's like I got busted last year once too often. And, um, you know, even watching watching deer come in and dropping their nose to the trail. And, and then just because I had walked across there. And then it's like then they start flicking their tail and everything. And I was like, I, I, I can play the wind once I get to a stand. You can't do it when you're getting to a stand. So it was like, I want them to not smell me at all, if I, if at all possible. But I mean, even if it is, if that's not possible, I want them to think that I was there days ago. Right, right. So I'm curious, let's start there. Like, what is your stent control now? Like, what is the program you've adopted, like, all the way through? Oh, man, I, I went to rubber boots, um, okay. which seems to be the pretty popular thing anyway, and didn't realize it. Um and, and it all kind of started, honestly, when I wanted to get rid of the rubber smell of, of the rubber boots when they were new. And um, I left them sit outside for three weeks and they still smelled like rubber and it drove me nuts. Um, I, I'm, do, I'm using ozone, um, okay. you know, and scent free everything. And I just blasting everything with spray before and after that, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's a sad, sad situation. I mean, my my box is sitting right next to me. I, I always own something pretty much every day just because I'm playing with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. So you went for the ozone box? I no, I, I actually built a box. I have All a right. I have a like one of the throw and go ozone things that I actually put in a box. It's it's one of the Plano Sportsman's crates that I weather stripped and everything. So so it, it. it it's completely airtight. Got it. Real nice. I mean, scent control is a big thing. I mean, I'm pretty lucky where I hunt, where I don't have to take it super seriously. Right. I use more of a cover scent. So I hunt. It's not residential by any means, but I wouldn't. It's not big north woods or anything like that. It's it's farmland. I hunt farmland, your typical farmland. And there's a lot of houses around there. Not a lot. We're not talking subdivisions, but I mean, there's houses around because it's farmland and almost every house heats with a wood burner. Right. So the smell of smoke is thick and constant in the area, depending on the wind. Right. I use smoke as a cover scent. Like I will get my clothes smoking in front of a bonfire and stick them in front in a crate. I've been known to use a bee smoker and smoke out my box before. I mean, the, it, the woods where I hunt are so accustomed to the smell of smoke. Sure. And if anybody sat around a bonfire, I mean, your hair stinks the next morning from the smell right. of a bonfire smoke. It's right. such a good cover scent. And, from what I've read, it's an old Indian trick from way back when. And honestly, it works for where I'm at. Like I use that in the morning with thermals and between the two of them, it, it seems to work pretty well for me. You know, and I, and I think that it would by me too. I mean, I'm, I'm in farmland too. And sure. it, you know, and it's, and I, and I think that I, I think I take it too far, you know, on, on a lot of different respects. And, and I mean, I also sometimes fail to realize that I can reach out a whole lot further than I used to be able to, too. You know, sure. and, you know, I mean, I'm not going to shoot a deer at 70 or 80 yards or anything, but I feel, I mean, I can hit a quarter at 50 all day long. Right. Right. You're rocking. You went to a new Raven, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's the R10X. That's a pretty sweet bow. So, so walk me through that because I've never shot a crossbow of that caliber. I have a cheap entry level Wicked Ridge, I think it is. Sure. And it works for what I do. The reason I hunt with a crossbow is because I'm 100% bird focused mm-hmm. and I don't have time or a place to practice with a compound bow. I don't. You know, you know, and that's that's kind of what what happened with me too. I just I didn't have the time. I mean, it's like I can I can easily pull a compound back still to this day, but it's I just I don't have the time to sit get out there and shoot you know two three four hundred arrows a week all summer long either. So um, that's kind of what happened with me too. And I started out with it with a cheap center point one and upgraded and upgraded again, and now I've got this thing. So, but it was was it worth the money? Without question. Yeah, yeah. The first the first time I shot it, I was like, "Oh, I should have done this years ago." (laughs) So how far? Like, I mean, like we're deer hunting still. I mean, Mm. we're both ethical deer hunters. We're not going to take shots at like eighty or a hundred yards. There's too many things that can go wrong. You've got tree branches. You got twigs. You don't have clean shooting lanes. When I hunt with my crossbow, I still have my compound bow mentality that forty yards is a long shot, and I only take those shots in super clear lanes. Right. So a lot of my shots with my crossbow are 20, 25 yards. And while I know it's accurate to pl- after, like more than 40, there's right. too many variables. I can't see a twig at, at 40 yards. I can't. Right. right. So with that said, how far have you shot that thing? Um, at paper, 110, yeah. 110, 115. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, you're doing three-inch groups at, at that far. That's insane. Yeah, like, yeah. I know rifle shooters that can't do that. I know, I know, and it's like I've shot rifles that don't do that, you know. <laughs> and, I, and I'm shooting an arrow at them, you know, you know, at that far. And, and I was actually, um, I, I sighted my broadheads in last week and ruined like three of them because I just kept shooting at targets and tearing up the targets. But um, I mean, I wanted to see what I was doing at 100 yards too, and it was still just dropping right where I, I put it at 100 yards with the broadheads. That's crazy. It really is. I mean, to have that, I mean, there's so much technology that goes into that and the speed and not even just the speed, just like everything about it. Like everything comes into play to keep that much accuracy from the loading of the arrow, like to have like a consistent loading and a consistent pullback, like the whole crank assembly has got to put perfectly equal tension on that string because if it's slightly off, Right difference each time it's going to have a huge effect at a hundred yards. Right, right, and 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 that's that's the cool thing about the Ravens is the just the way that they're designed. It grabs a string in the same place every single time. It pulls it back to the exact same spot every single time, you know. And it's the arrows actually click in there, so they're they're in the same spot every single time. There's there's no flight rail, so there's there's no no friction. There's no you know nothing like that anymore. So. That's crazy. It's yeah. so different. It's so like, it's there's so many advanced advancements in there that, I mean, right. it's just another tool. I know there's purists out there that'll be like, oh, you should shoot a compound. But I mean, really at the end of the day, to me, it's about the most ethical way I can harvest a deer. And being that I don't want to, I don't have the time or the place to practice with my compound like I used to. Right. I don't feel comfortable still taking those 30 yard shots because I don't have the muscle memory. I don't have the shoulder strength. I don't have that built up shoulder strength and that arm strength to take those shots and to hold that full draw. And I would much rather have an ethical kill. Right. Than wound a deer with a bad shot. Me too. Me too. And, and, and honestly, I, I hunt from the ground and, and generally I hunt a, a trail that 
um, or it, it's really, it's a, it's a, it's a man-made road that goes, goes around my land go, and it goes from their bedding area to a field. So, I mean, it's, it's wide open. I'm not going to shoot 40, 45, 50 yards with a, with a compound anyway. And I mean, right. I'd have to stand up and I'd get busted every single time, you know, sure. and it, this, this way I can, I can do it from the ground. I can do it laying on the ground, you know, whatever the deal is. So, you know, and there's just that movement isn't there. I mean, I'm, I'm, they're not going to duck my arrow. Right. Right. And I mean, those things shoot so fast, even if they would hear the stirring. I mean, by that point, it's lights out. It's game over. Right. Right. Yeah. By the time they duck, the arrows already through. So. so did you play with arrows? Did you just stick with the Raven bolt or bolts? Uh, I should, we should say bolts. I mean, let's, I mean, someone's going to critique that. So yeah. bolts. actually, actually they call them arrows. Raven Do does. And 10 point does too now. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And yeah. Yeah. And it's like anything, I think it's under 12 inches. They call bolts still. All but, right. Yeah. And it's, you know, but whatever, <laughs> you know, that's, that's neither here nor there, but, but yeah, they, they did. Um, you know, I didn't play with them at all. And, you know, they, they basically tell you to shoot their bolt or their, their arrows um, or you avoid the warranty. And it's really because everything is so dialed in, you sure. know, that, you know, and everything is exact, you know, and it's like in the, the arrows are exactly 400 grains. And, you know, so, and it's like the lighted knock ones, they actually shave material off so that they stay exactly 400 grains too, you know? So it's like, they, they don't mess around at all. It's like, everything is so, so close that I, I don't want to mess with it. That makes sense. That makes sense. Do they also recommend a broadhead or is that they, kind they of up don't. to you? Yeah, they don't. I mean, they sell their own. Um, I'm just shooting rage, like rage hypodermics all and right. you know, they, they fly like field points and they open every single time with the way that they're supposed to, and they don't open in the air. So I just, you know, I'm, I'm not going to mess with them. Sure. Sure. I'm, I'm a fan of the rage. I've never had, I know people have had failures. I haven't with the crossbow. Um, mm. I shoot the rage crossbow, whatever those, whatever those ones are called. Yeah. Um, the hypodermic ones that they're right. hypodermics, but they're crossbow rated for the heavier. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I'm shooting too. I mean, I think with a crossbow, you're probably a little more safe. I think pro people, what I've read and the issues I've seen more come to um, people shooting lighter weight bows. Right. And and I can kind of understand that because you do need a certain amount of kinetic energy to get that thing to open up and everything else. Right. Oh, yeah. You got to pound, pound through something for, for those plates to open up and for it to break that band. Yeah. But they work. I mean, that is a big cutting area. There's no doubt about that. Oh, they absolutely work. I, I didn't switch to those until I switched to a crossbow. When I was still shooting my compound bow, I really stuck with the muzzy three blades. Me too. I, a, I, I, yeah. a, I mean, I just... And, you know, it's funny because I say in one sentence and I'm like, I trust the rage, but I trust it in my, my crossbow. Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily trust him in my compound bow, though. Right. Yeah, it, it, I was the same way. I shot the, the three-blade buzzies for probably 20 years when I, was, when I was doing the compound thing. They fly really good. There's no point of failure. I mean, I, I, I mean, they make good enough. They definitely cut. They're sharp. They make a good hole. Right. Yeah, and it's I, I shot one. Um, it was actually out of an old crossbow, and it and it actually kind of rose, and it was like it rose like six or eight inches, and I was like, I don't like that. You know, it's like no, it was no, almost no. like a sail, you know, and it could have very well been that that the head was loose or whatever the deal was. I don't know, but it it was something, you know, and it was it just wasn't right. Sure. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's all funny, especially like bow tuning like you don't have that with the raven because i mean the raven's so dialed in and, and but right. like with compounds like tuning and everything else mm -hmm. like i mean 
I fully understand the people that love it. I get it. Like, right. that's how, that's how dedicated I am to training my bird dog and everything else. I mean, I get right. it when you're passionate about that and you're, you want to make perfect, you want perfection and you want like to make your equipment the best it can possibly be. I mean, right. it's a fun thing to chase and to strive for. Right. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Dakova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Yeah, just, and, it, yeah it's, and I mean, that's the thing with the Ravens too, is that they are pretty tunable. You know, it's like, I mean, you can actually time the cams and everything just like a compound. Just because there is no flight rail, there is nothing like that. That's, you know, it's, it's basically, it's a compound on the end of the right track. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know you could actually tune those. Yeah, you can. I, I'm not going to mess with it. I mean, it's, well, I wouldn't either if you're shooting a no. range group at 110 yards. Right. And if, you know, if, if that starts to, starts to go away and something is out of time, I'm going to take it to somebody that knows what they're doing. I'm not messing with it. Right. Yeah. I agreed. There's a lot of kinetic energy there to blow up and blow up in your face. If you, screw that, is a, that is a fact. How hard is that thing to pull back with the crank? Um, it's like, they say it's like 12 pounds effort and I don't even know if it's that. I mean, it's, it's basically, it's just, you're just, you're just winding or cranking. It's that's crazy. And it, it's not a lot of resistance. And then, I mean, it's, you know, you don't, you go out and you don't shoot a deer, then you just wind it right back down. See, that is the nice thing with like the Ravens. Cause you don't have to shoot it. Like you can just, right. you can decock it. Right. Whereas mine, I always have to bring a target with me and shoot into it right. before I leave. And yeah, I, I always, I always ended up just taking a, I have an arrow with a field point in my, in my quiver back in the day and I just shoot into the ground. Sure. Sure. I actually, actually, I take that back. I got, my wife got that for me a couple of years ago. Use a field point and there's this big aluminum block that's round that goes behind the field point. So when you shoot sure. in the ground, like it doesn't go in the ground. Sure. I take it. Like I didn't bow hunt at all last year. I don't even remember what my bow looks like at this point. <laughs> But that just shows you why I have a crossbow rather than I still have my compound. I still have my old my old bear compound, and sure. I'll still shoot it from. I'll still shoot it now and then. Like I still enjoy shooting. It's the, it's that this right here, is right. eleven and a half yards. Right. Can I shoot down in my basement? Sure. 
do I have anywhere to go out and like really stretch my legs? Not within, not within a 35 minute drive. So to right. like burn an hour and a half to go shoot 10 arrows. Like it just doesn't work. Right. And my neighbors would pretty, I guarantee you at least one, if not two neighbors would call the cops if I was outside shooting the bow, even if it was into my garage. Probably. And I mean, growing up, it was a different time. I mean, growing up, we used to stand on the roof at my parents' house and we'd, we'd stand on the roof and shoot hay bales in the backyard you know, but that's, I mean, those, those times are long gone. You'd have to be pretty country now. Right. If you, I mean, yet like, there's no way I could do that in my subdivision. I mean, you climb on my roof, people stop and like, they're looking at you like, what are you doing up there? <laughs> right. I don't, I don't see a hard hand and a safety harness. <laughs> right. They're calling OSHA right away. <laughs> pretty much. Yep. That's my subdivision. <laughs> calling the HOA. Did he get a permit to walk on his roof? <laughs> right. <laughs> So what else is new for your arsenal? You got the new crossbow. Like you're you're really taking scent control. Did you also take that to your clothing, or are you like what? Yeah, yeah. When it's I, I'm using the carbon stuff. I have I have scent lock clothing. Okay. And uh, obviously the fiance does as well. She got it from you, so yeah. <laughs> she's gonna go out this year. Um, but yeah, she. Uh, you know, yeah. It's I mean, I'm I'm doing that too. So it's like I've got the carbon clothes and stuff too. And um, whether it does anything or not, I don't know. You know, maybe, and it's whether that, you know, any of this does, it makes any difference. I don't know. But it's, if I can eliminate any of those variables, I'm going to do that. Sure. And, sure. You know. And it's, and like, who knows, right? Because I've had deer, like, win me, like, where I thought I'd taken sand control super serious. And I've had deer walk up, like, straight in, like, straight, like, didn't give one care in the world. And I basically just stepped, I went from work right into my hunting clothes, sweaty right. and gross. And it, 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 it's like, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. And, and that happens too. You know, I, I don't really know what the deal is. And, but like I said, if, if I can make them not even realize that I'm there, ideally that's what I want to do. For sure. But, you know, what, whether that happens or not, I don't know. And you're not hurting anything. I mean, no, whether no. it works or not. I mean, even if it doesn't work, all you've, I mean, all you've done is given yourself more confidence, which helps as, helps as well. Right. Right. And then I kind of learned my lesson about, you know, I used to go out and check cameras like all the time. And I'd, I learned my lesson to not go out there all the time, you know, and sure. just kind of leave them alone, you know, and leave the, leave the deer alone out there. And, um, you know, and it's cellular cameras help that, <laughs> but at the same, oh, but, sure. at the, but at the same time, it's like, I've got a couple of the old school ones still hanging out there and I don't know what's on them because I haven't checked them. See, I went to a cell camp this year and I'm in a low signal area, which was a little bit of monkeying around. I had to go with an extension antenna and everything else, but right. I went with a solar one and I'm looking at it and I'm like, you know, I might only have to, and I put the biggest memory card in there the thing would take. I'm like, yeah, I bet I'm only have to drop. I'm, other than in hunting season, like, I don't think I'll ever have to go there again. <laughs> right. Right. I and mean, with the cellular thing, I mean, I'm in a good signal zone too. You know, it's like, um, my, my network is Verizon on there and it's like, I'm full bars all the time, you know? Nice. Yeah. So, and it's, it's like, it's strong enough that I can actually control the camera from my phone, which is, which is cool. But that um, is cool. Let's see what I'm at. Let, let's, let's check the camera to see 90%, <laughs> 90% signal. That's yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. No, the worst I've seen now with an extension antenna was 50%, but I had to take, I took a 17 foot extension ladder with me and I have that as that cord as tight as possible. It's a 15 foot cord. The camera's about waist high. So it's at least 17 feet in the air. Right. And that's what it took for me to get a signal where I was. 
Yeah, that's, you know, and it's, I've just got the little stock antenna hanging off the side and it's on a fence post, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, it works just fine. Nope, but, I got that big it, omnidirectional cone screwed way up in the tree. Yeah. But it, whatever, whatever you got to do, though. I mean, even if you factor in the call, I mean, it's 40 minute drive for me each way to my hunting land where I hunt. Right. I mean, you start factoring in fuel, even if you go every other week. Right. It pays for a couple cell cameras for sure. Right. Right. You know, and certainly the service, because the service is cheap anyways. Right. You know, right. but yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't go out there. I'm going to go out there probably this weekend and, and put my blind up, you know, just sure. to leave the windows open, let it air out and let them get used to it being there before I'm in it. But, but beyond that, it's, I try to not mess around out there at all. And that makes sense. Same. I mean, we pretty much try to stay out. Like if we do any maintenance or anything like that, mm-hmm. like cut different trails in or change tree stands. Right. We really try to do that in winter, early spring. Like we try right. to be, cause I mean, I have 40 acres. The deer are pretty consistent on the trails they're using, where they're bedding. I mean, it's established habitat. Um, we're able to place stands and things like that where we need to. And we have a good idea of how, like, the deer pattern doesn't change that dramatically year after year. Right. So we make most of our changes in, like, spring. Right. Yeah, and I, I just put my cameras up. I don't know. It was probably a month ago or so. And and honestly, it was, uh, I kind of had an idea where they were coming through. And I put one in a place where I was like, I don't know. But there's trails all over the place, so we'll find out. And I mean, it was, you know, I was out there messing around when I put them up and banging around and sweating because it was like a, a thousand degrees outside, <laughs> you know, and it's so stinking up the woods and everything else. And it was like, I was like, I'm not going to see anything for a couple days at least. And that night I was like, I was getting deer pictures already two hours after I was gone, you know, and it's like, they're, they're looking at my right? yeah, yeah. Which, and I mean, where, where my land is, I mean, there's, there's a house on the other side of the road, you know, sure. so there's obviously they're not completely you know devoid of contact with people and uh there's there's another house on the other side of the cornfield well it's it's soybeans this year but i mean it's sure so i mean there's they're used to people to some extent but right. at the, but at the same time they're not used to people in their living room so to speak right right and that makes a big difference and right i've seen that before i mean i've checked a trail camera that was hot and like it's gone dead after i've been in there for a day Right, right. But I've also, I've also like, I put up that cellular camera and I had pictures two hours later of of four does walking through, like, no care in the world. Right. Yeah. The other night, I had like 125 pictures between eight and midnight. It was just, it was insane. They were just, they were everywhere and just dancing around. And there was, you know, two does out there with a bunch of fawns playing. And, and then they'd all leave and then a buck would come walking through and then they'd be back out. And, for yeah, for like four hours, they were just hanging out in front of my camera. That's a lot of pictures. It, it I, really is. I want to move my camera. I'm not a huge fan of where it is, but because I'm limited for cell signal, like it's not much I can do. Right. Like I'm not like normally where I have cameras on that land, it's not far from where this one is, but it's on a slightly different trail. And I just don't think it's getting as much action as that other trail does. Right. I'm just not getting the, and one thing I'm getting a ton of pictures, which I never used to now is squirrels. There's always been squirrels there, (laughs) but where I used to hang my camera, like it just wasn't in a heavily squirrel area. Like they didn't want that, those trees there where my camera is now, like I'll get a hundred pictures of squirrels. 
right. raccoons as well. Like I've got a huge family of raccoons almost every single night out there that's playing <laughs> yeah, around right in front of the camera. I'm like, this is not what I want to be wasting paid pictures for. Yeah, you were you were showing me that the other day. Those <laughs> things are going to cost you money just out sitting out there fooling around. They're worse than the squirrels. They they're are worse than the squirrels. It's crazy. Well, yeah, yeah, because they'll hang around out there, and that camera will just keep taking pictures. The one thing I did notice, though, is the deer are definitely bedding in the area of the camera because I'll get pictures of them laying down. I'll get pictures like when they stand back up, like an hour later. Oh, that's which, nice. which I mean. That's a good thing in my mind because eventually mm -hmm. I've got way more does than bucks in our area. We had right. for years. Our doe to buck population is way off where I'm at. Right. Um, but I mean, if this camera's hung right like three feet from one of my tree stands, it's in one of the clearings where I normally like one of my shooting lane clearings. And if the does are bedding in there, the bucks will eventually be here. Right. Now, if I get after him with the bow or not, that's yet to be seen. But I do take a I do take a hard break during bird hunting season for the opening weekend of gun deer. So, right, it take a pretty big buck. It take like Pippa's ten. She's getting close to retirement. I'm right. not. I mean, I've got a lot planned for bird hunting this year. It take a wall hanger on the camera for me to go out there and start chasing it before gun deer. Right, right. Well, plus Pippa's not going to be happy with it either. No, she won't be. No. No. She was all happy last night in the boat chasing ducks with me. Doing oh, some hey. scout doing some scouting. Yeah, we went out and ran a marsh last night and she was with and I'm looking through the binoculars and like she's staring up at me and staring at the birds and staring at me and staring at the birds. And she's like, Are we gonna hunt? Like, what's going on here? Like, like ready to go. I'm like, just wait, just wait. So yeah. she's ready. That's awesome. Yeah, she's, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to get out there, you know, and, and do something, you know, and be it deer or you know, I'm gonna go out and chase birds with you too, but this is true. We gotta get we gotta get you and your fiance out this year. It didn't happen last year. Yes, yes. Well, she'll be my wife by then, so <laughs> really. So the date's yeah. been set, huh? Yeah, October 15th. Oh so, boy. Yeah, it's coming up fast. Get, getting married in the middle of hunting season, that's dangerous. Yeah, it is what it is, though. <laughs> she's she's worth it, and she's she's hunting this year too. And I mean, right. that, was, that was that was kind of fun, you know. It was like set getting her all set up, and you know, and she's got the good stand out there, and you know, sure. and it's, you know, monitoring everything, you know, for her because it's like I'd rather her get her get a deer than me. Right, absolutely. That's like when I go out with my nieces and whatnot. I'd much rather they shot a deer than I did. Right. I can get meat. I'm not worried about it. No, I can I can shoot a doe anytime, you know, and it's like before daylight savings time, I can go after work every day if I want to, you know, right. but, but at the same time, it's like, I'd rather her, rather her get one. Agreed. Agreed. Especially because has she ever shot a deer? No, no, no. In fact, she, uh, she finished hunter safety like a week ago. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So she's brand new. So is she a little nervous, a little excited? Are you going to sit with her to start? I think she's a lot excited and no, no. Um, she's got a, uh, you know, we've got a, got a stand set up for her and everything and walk her out there and help make sure that she gets in safe and everything. And I'll come and pick her up when she's done. But, you know, it's like, that's what she wants to do. She wants to go out there and nice do her, do her things. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of confidence for, for, a, for a new hunter. 
it, it's right. great. It's a great thing. It really yeah. is. Oh, absolutely. And that's that's half the battle. I think we all know that. So. For sure. For sure. I, I, I can't wait to hear how it goes. Yeah, yeah. I can't uh, can't wait to find out. <laughs> so she, I'm assuming that she's also is she running a crossbow? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, she uh, she decided that she wanted to do it. Um, I think it was like in the spring, and right. uh, that day, you know, she had told me that. And that day, I uh, I loaded up the girls and we went and uh, shopped for a crossbow for her, and we bought her one. Nice. So, yeah, yeah. It was just it's like no turning back now. You're in now. This you can't just say oh, I was only thinking about it. Too late. That's, not, that's, not, right, that's right. We're into it. That's right. Awesome. Awesome. So she's got to be excited then. Like for, yeah. for, she's just getting done with hunter safety. It's right. Her first season. Right. Everything is new for her and it's, you know, right. it's all ready, ready to go. You know, it's all, all she has to do is go. That's awesome. Yeah. Is she going to try to record it all? I don't know. Cameras? Yeah. I don't know. And it's, you know, if, if she wants to, we'll work that out. Um, I usually don't only because it's like, I'm fumbling around with enough crap out there, right. <laughs> you know, and it's, you know, so I don't even try. I mean, I keep it pretty simple for deer. I normally just do a single, um, well, was GoPros, now I'm running Tacticams. I normally just use a regular clamp mount right on my right. gun rail, and I just point it straight out in front of me. Right, right. If, I get, I, it, I, if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. Right, and I could definitely do that. And I've actually got a, uh, I've got rings for a GoPro to go on top of my scope if I decided to do that, too. So. Sure. I don't. I take that back. I do have a camera mount for my crossbow. I can use if I would choose to. I do actually. You know, actually, I take that back. Normally, on my crossbow, I do run a camera. Then I normally run one on that rail if I don't have one on my. If I'm like during gun deer season, right? I probably film more during gun deer season than I do anything else. Like, I did start to do quite a little bit duck hunting. I really, really did not like having a camera on my shotgun though. It really threw my weight off and my swing it off, does. and I was missing a ton of birds with a camera it, on it. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, when I when I when I had a dog, I mean, I I ran a camera on the dog's collar or on on a harness sure. because that was cool to see. You know, that was far cooler than watching birds go down. You know, watching him barrel through everything, and you know, that was that was cool to see to see what have, he does. Do you have to take motion sickness pills before watching it? Usually, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's obviously the camera's all over the place, but it was it was fun to watch anyway. You know, especially when he would lock up on something, you know, and it's like you'd actually see what he was seeing under there. Sure. That's cool. That's cool. So when's another dog coming around then? Man, you know, it's we're in an apartment right now. And sure. uh, when, yeah, when we get a house, you know, that's bottom line. It's, you know, it's not fair to a dog here. So. Right. That makes sense. I know you're a dog guy and I know you're a bird hunter, so I'm sure yep. that itch is still there. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah, that itch never really goes away. It's always kind of there. Right. Even when you have one, it's kind of like I could use more dog power. Maybe I need two. Right. <laughs> uh, it just goes down that rabbit hole more and more and more. Yeah, you know, and it, it never stops. So any any other fun and new equipment you picked up this year? Um, I got some cool binoculars. Um, I got the uh, loophole uh, alpines. Okay, they're, they're super super nice, and uh, so I'm I'm rocking those this year. Um, nice. Yeah, I, I got a bunch of new stuff, but most of it was clothes. You know, most sure. Of, and obviously the crossbow and 
binoculars and yeah yeah I'm, I'm into this way too much money you know it's like the pressure's on i gotta shoot something yeah if you go home empty hand you'd be like i could have bought a whole cow or two or three well, for what i have into this well i've what do they give out? i think it's four takes or something in uh in wapaka county sure. and uh, i could shoot all of them and it's still it still would have been cheaper to buy a cows <laughs> are you gonna process yourself oh i'm sure yeah it's yeah. i mean yeah, we, we always used to do that, and I'm sure that that's exactly what will happen this year again. Very nice. Very nice. It is fun to process yourself. and It is. I like making sausage and jerky, and it's just fun to know. Like, if you cut it up yourself, I mean, it's cool because you're the only one that's ever touched that meat. Right. Otherwise, if I don't cut my deer up, a good friend of mine's a butcher, and he cuts it up for me, I trust him. I know he's clean. I know his setup is good. Right. All of that. So, I mean, it's just fun to know, like, your meat's, like, you knew exactly where it came from. Right. Yeah. So here's to hoping that there's, there's a use for that this year, you know, and, and hopefully it's her, but you know, if it's, if it's me, that's okay too, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the question is, would you pass on a buck walking towards her? Um, absolutely. I'd, I'd let it, yeah, I'd let it walk. And, you know, in, in hopes that he turns in front of her. Sure. How far apart are you two hunting? Uh, we are, um, I ranged her and I'm trying to think it's 160 yards, something like that. So it's, it's, a ways. it's a ways, but it's at the same time. It's like, she can yell and I can hear, you know? Sure. sure. So, you know, and it's, so, I mean, we're, we're far enough apart, but at the same time we're close enough. Right. Nope. That makes sense. And then you got her in a tree stand. Yeah. Yeah. She's nice. in a tree stand and, and I generally run from the grounds. Got it. Do you just prefer the ground or is that just better for the you know, area it's, you're hunting? It's, yeah, it's it's the area that I'm that I'm in is that I, I like to be on the ground and it's you know, I was I sat a, sat in a tree a bunch of times last year and I was like, you know, I I wanna be over here. And there just wasn't any trees that I could actually sit in, you know, that I wouldn't, sure. have, been, wouldn't have been on stage anyway. Sure. You know, so it's so I basically what I was doing, I was digging holes in the ground and kind of sitting behind trees and things like that and doing all kinds of nonsense, you know, but I was seeing deer, you know, it's just, the only problem was is that they'd come out on the wrong side of the tree and then I'm trying to spin around it to get a shot and things like that. So, <laughs> so, I mean, the blind will make that much easier too. Right. I mean, was it two, two years ago I was out deer hunting, like bow hunting. I was like, it was right in the middle of the rut mm -hmm. and I wasn't in my tree stand. I, I was in a ground blind. Um, I just wasn't able to climb a tree stand that day. My back was all shot and everything sure. else. So I'm like, I'm just going to go sit in a tree, go sit in my ground blind, which I had already set up out there. And I just got like, it was dark. Like it was a cloudy night. Mm -hmm. It was dark well before shooting time was over. And I'm like, you know, there's no way I trust a shot at this point. So I start packing my bow up. I close up all the windows, but the one in front of me letting some light in, and I look up and there's like a 12 pointer 10 feet in front of me, just staring at me like, what the hell are you? And I'm like, are you going to wait for me to get my bow back out? Yeah, no. 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 That's, that's, it seems to be, it's like, it's almost like they know you put it away. Right. I just got done. That was the last window to button up and this thing and I were just staring at each other. And I had actually hung a camera on a tree facing towards the blind. Yeah. I'm like, tell me that this worked. And it didn't. The camera it, battery died an oh, hour beforehand. I'm like, no. Oh, that sucks. 
1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. So now when I do those crazy things, like I hang cameras facing the blind, because it's kind of a cool shot, especially if you can get in on the other side of the trail and whatnot. Right, right. Now I just run an external battery pack with it. Yeah, and that's that's actually when I put my blind up, that's actually what I want to do. I want to move a camera so that it's facing my blind. For one, it's, I mean, security, if nothing else. Sure. You know, but but for, for two, it's like, I kind of want to watch it because it's like deer are curious creatures anyway. You know, and they're going to see that thing, with even with all the windows open up, somebody's going to hang their head in there. You know, and, and I want to I get a picture of it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you get any cool pictures yet this year? I did. I did. I've got, I've got, um, I've got a, a doe with triplets um, that, cool. hangs, that hangs out all the time. And it's, um, yeah, I've got, I'll have to send those to you. But yeah, I've got, I've got some really cool pictures. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. I've only got one really, really cool picture. And it's a buck chasing a doe and the buck's all rutted out in the air oh, with that's a doe cool. running around like awesome. that was that was a cool photo that's awesome I'm gonna see yeah if I, I can find it quick all right yeah those that's like one of the my i mean it's always cool to see what's going on right but i'm always hoping for like that really really cool trail camera picture where it's me, like me too this is awesome like this is just like what you hope to see on your trail camera. Yeah, I've got one last year that was like, it was a solid 10 or it might have been bigger than that. And I mean, the deer had to have been 200 pounds. And it was like, it was pre-rut. So, I mean, it was like, but it was, so everything was green still, but it was like, it was a foggy morning and he's just, he's standing out there, you know, and it's like, it looks honestly, it looks like a beer commercial or something. <laughs> That's awesome. A yeah. beer commercial, he says. <laughs> yeah that's great i'm gonna try to find this picture quick the problem is i don't even know what year it was i started at 17 we'll try 18 quick i see it come up in my memories and i'm just like oh that picture's so awesome oh it's gotta be here we're getting close found it (laughs) all right found it how do i full screen this what does this button do hey full screen look at that let's share this real quick all right screen oh Oh, that is not what that's a big deer there it is oh that's cool quit this slideshow stuff yeah i mean how cool is that just that's awesome would you stop (laughs) <laughs> fine we'll just leave it like that then 
But yeah, I mean, just that. I mean, just look how rutted out that thing is, and just oh, how big yeah. it is. And you got the two doe just running away, and that, and that buck is just like, yeah, come here, girls. <laughs> yeah, he's got his neck all big and everything already. Yeah, that was that. That was by far my favorite trail camera picture. Like, that's the coolest thing I've ever got on trail that, camera. That is awesome. And you know, for like a, a cheap trail camera, that wilderness, like I have a cheap wilderness one that's not a cellular one. Yeah, the thing takes pretty good pictures because I mean, you can just tell how much action's in this shot. Yeah, and it's not blurry. No, no, it, it looks really nice. Um, yeah, my uh, I just got a one of those. It's like a wild view something or other, and it was cheap, and I actually got it free with my crossbow. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, and it was like it was like why not? You know, I'll throw it out there. And otherwise, I'm just running those like those cheap. Casco ones that are like 30 bucks at Walmart. And they they actually take really nice pictures too. This was a good year out there. I'll share this one too. Like this was the one I was chasing. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a big we had some good bucks that year. That was a good year for bucks. We had a couple of really, really nice ones. I had an opportunity at him and I just wasn't able to make it happen. Um right. he came in range and I just it the 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 cards just not didn't fall in place. The stars did not align, and I wasn't able to get a shot. And it was just so disappointing. Yeah. Like, to have that deer come in, and it's just like, oh. And that's by far the biggest deer I ever would have. That that that, that was by far the biggest deer I've ever had an opportunity at. That's, that's a big deer. I think I'd have cried on the way home. It was a good hunt, though. I mean, it was still yeah. definitely a good hunt, and... That's really what matters. Like I'm out there for the experience and like you right. have an opportunity and like you get that adrenaline pumping and, and, and you get buck fever and you're trying right. to calm yourself down. And I just, he just didn't take the right trail and just didn't come within range. Right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that's, that's just it. I mean, it's like, we all go to work, you know, it's like, you don't really need to shoot a deer to be able to eat or anything like that. You know, it's, it's what you go to work for, I guess. But you know, at the right. same, at the same time, you know, it's like, just, I mean, to be that close though is is hard. Yeah, and to see that, and then I would that year I hunted pretty hard. Yeah, For that year I bow hunted pretty hard. I don't remember why I did that year. So it was what four years ago. Dogs would have been. Uh, that might have been the year Bandit hurt himself. That I might not have okay. had Pip yet. Okay. I don't remember when I got Pippa. I don't know if it was. And if you did, she was busy thinking. So. <laughs> That might have been a year because Bandit hurt himself at grouse camp and he okay. hurt his paw and he was pretty much down for eight weeks, which was pretty much the rest of bird hunting season. So I, I do year, remember that. I do remember that when that happened. Yeah, he got that thorn in his paw and it pushed mm -hmm. all the way through the top and like cut the entire paw, like, like went, pierced his entire paw and butterflied the top of it open. Right. So, yeah. That might have been that year because that's the last year I actually bow hunted hard because every other time I'm in a tree stand, I feel guilty that my dog's not with me. Right, right. I, I remember those days well. It's hard. They only live for so long and it's like... I know. I feel like I'm being selfish. Well, and the season is short too, you know. It's like you just you try to get out there as much as you can. And I always say I'm going to get out there for late season bow because, I mean, by me in Metro, it's open almost to February. Yeah, and yeah. I always say I'm going to get out there and do it, and I never do. Well, I think a lot of it is because sitting in a tree in December sucks. True. That is true. But 
we're in Wisconsin. I mean, we normally at least get one halfway decent week normally, to be honest, during the right. season. Right. But I feel like I always like I always switch gears. Like that's the problem. Like I lose that itch. Like it's no longer exciting. And I'm like, that at that point, it's like, all right, now I'm ready to go out and start calling some coyotes, or let's go catch some right. fish through the ice. Like depending on when early ice hits, because some right. years it's not until the middle of December. Come on, um, man! Trout like, season opens in January. What's that? <laughs> yeah, so come on, man! Trout season opens in January. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I mean, you start looking at that. It's like it's hard because. Like right now, I'm super jacked up to get back up after ducks, after geese. Mm. I'm really excited to get out for grouse. I'm actually going up earlier this year than I ever have in the past. Um, I'm actually going to help and volunteer for the Rough Grouse Society Grouse Camp, and I'm going to take a couple people out. Oh, right on. They've never hunted grouse before. They're taking, they have 80 mentor, like mentees there, and there's going to be 40 mentors there with dogs. I'm one of them, some without dogs. So, like, like for people that want to learn how to walk the trails that don't have dogs, but people sure. with dogs. So I'm taking out two two novice hunters after a safety demonstration and some other stuff, and then I'll give them the whole spiel on the way in the car that if you shoot my dog, you're not going to leave the woods. No, I'm just kidding. Well, that's there's a lot of truth to that, though. But yeah, yeah, there is. Um, I'd never admit that on camera. But no. Anyways, um, so I'd rather you shoot me than shoot my dog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like like my my three rules. I took this from. I took. I don't remember who I took this from. I took it from someone, and I just agreed with it so heartily. I stole it. Don't shoot my dog. Don't shoot my dog. Don't shoot each other. Right. <laughs> but you're not going to shoot my dog twice. Like you're going to shoot each other before you shoot my dog. Like that's right. how this is going to work. Right. But no, I'm really excited for that. So I mean, that starts all the way already in September. I mean, yeah. Like yeah. this weekend, yeah. I'm going to get out for early teal and early goose. I was hoping to get out for the opener tomorrow. I got some birds scouted and worked through a real big hitch in that. And I had not like I had to like. It was either I don't, it's either I wasn't, I didn't take my half a day of vacation tomorrow, or if I did, I'd have to work sometime on this weekend. And I really don't want to work this weekend. So I figured I'd skip half a day tomorrow for the teal opener and then go hunt teal hard all weekend instead for the three days. So yeah, they, they can be pretty hard early anyway. I mean, a lot of it's, you're just sitting all there swatting mosquitoes and hoping for the best. That is true. But if you find the birds in which I found the birds, the birds haven't been shot at yet. They're pretty right. dumb. Oh like, yeah. Like, like this is when spinning ring decoys and pulsators and all that, they're just like, ooh, toys. Right. And they just come in, no questions asked. The hard right. part is I saw at least seven wood duck to every teal. Yeah. I saw hundreds of wood duck to about 50 to 60 teal where I scouted. And there was enough teal there that I would have set up. It wasn't as much as I would have wanted, but it was the best I found for everywhere okay. I had scouted. But it would have been hard shooting. Like, it would have been hard. Like, you, like it's so hard this time of year, like, with identifying birds. I mean, it's just, it's hard. It, it's it really hard. is. That's hard enough anyway. And, I mean, those teal are just little rockets. And, I mean, they are they stand out pretty good. But at the same time, you know, it's 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 sometimes it's, it's, it's a judgment call, you know, especially if they're not real close. Well, that's just, I mean, that's just it. I mean, the, you got, like, for me personally, I'm not willing. I would rather pass on all my shots than to accidentally shoot a wood duck. Right. Like, I'm real big on bird identification, and if I don't know what I'm shooting at, I'm not going to shoot. Right. So I wouldn't have, like, all those longer shots. I wouldn't take them. Like, I wouldn't, unless if they've already circled once and I saw the blue on the wings and it was, like, obvious they were blue-winged teal. Like, right. There's a big, like, blue-winged teal on the wing look way different than a wood duck, if you know what you're looking for. Right. And it's, and it's completely different middle of the general season, you know, where you can just, 
if you see a right. bird flying, you just shoot it because everything is open. Right, exactly. I mean, as long as you're not hunting like like a bunch of pintails or something like that, I still right. make, I still make sure to ID my birds to a degree. But oh, absolutely. Like, like where I get like where I'm still like like my bird ID really starts to get soft in one area, and I really have a hard time still identifying a hen mallard to a gadwall at like 35 to 40 yards. Yeah. <laughs> I I can't probably count how many gadwall I've passed out in my life thinking it's a hen mallard because I've already got my hen or something like that. Right. I'm like no pen mallards. Like I really have a hard time distinguishing between the two there. And I know like the feet are slightly different colored. They've got different colored yeah. beaks, blah, 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 yeah, blah, but at the blah, same blah, time, blah. They're brown, you know, right. and it's like, are you, are you ready to make that call on the fly? I'm not, you know. I know I've hunted with people who can like really, really easily tell the difference between gadwalls and, and, and hen mallards. And sure. Like, I don't like, maybe it's cause I haven't hunted a ton of areas with a ton of gadwalls a lot of times. Right. Like, the couple of one season we had a really good like bumper crop of gadwalls by us by the third or fourth hunt i was actually able to tell the difference <laughs> like but it like yeah. on the wing but it took like a lot of like doing like being able to see the bird on the wing and that was 10 years ago right like i don't remember the differences now i'm old right. Well, yeah, and it's, I mean, your eyes aren't quite as sharp as they used to be anymore and all this this other stuff. It, it makes it hard. It does. So now I just don't pull the trigger if I'm not 100% sure. Same. Um, unless I don't have my hen mallard because then it's game on. Well, yeah, then, then the brown bird is going down anyway. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because I'm not one to not shoot. shoot. I'm, I'll shoot a hen. I'll say it right <laughs> now. Would I rather shoot all green heads? Sure, it makes for a prettier picture. Do they all eat the same? They sure do. Right. And if it's a choice of me not shooting any birds or taking a hen, I'm going to take the hen. I put in a lot of time. It'd be nice to come <laughs> home with a little bit of meat and a little bit of excitement. Right. I, mean, I give it credit to those guys that can just like, like they're on ducks where they can just hold out and like hammer on the mallet drakes. And I had some good hunts last year where I was able to do that, but there was a couple of slow hunts where I'm like, yeah, no, if a hen comes in range, like I, I'm taking that hen. Right couple of friends had the joke like it wasn't like a couple of friends who like i always hunted with they had another buddy that i did never i never hunted with and he'd always be like and this is when we only had one hen he'd get there in the morning and be like hey guys can i shoot your hen <laughs> <laughs> long running joke which is hilarious like that's, <laughs> just funny. that's just funny fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish it's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Yeah, we used to sit out there and all the time. Man, if we don't see any birds pretty soon, I'm starting to shoot coots. You know, <laughs> that's, that's what I, that was always our running joke too. I've, I'm not. I mean, if the dog, if I got the dog with me and, and they haven't had a retrieve yet, mm. I'll shoot a coot. No, hands down, no questions asked. I'll turn it into a merganser hunt if I have to to get the dog some retrieves. I'll shoot a bunch of sawbills. I'm not that way. Right. I mean, they eat like snails, which is wonderful. But yeah, I don't. Uh, I never, never shot one, so I never had to eat one. They taste like snails. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that. Well, I mean, you know, that's they all they eat. eat. Yeah. Now, yeah, they eat all have, kinds of lovely stuff. 
now I've ground those up with goose and some other divers ducks and made jerky and whatever. At that point, you can't taste it anymore. Yeah, I could see. Well, it's all cooked down anyway. I could see that. But I would not recommend just tossing a merganser breast on a grill and going to town like steak. No, I'm sure not. Unless someone's got a recipe. If someone's got a recipe, drop a comment. I'd love to see it. I'll give it a shot. I'm not that way. Like if someone's got a if someone's got a McGanzer recipe and they're just like, this is lights out, and they're legit, like don't tell me it's the best thing in the world just to get a reaction on a later show. Cause like <laughs> I'll find you. <laughs> awesome. But I mean, it's, I, I would I I'd I'd be willing to give it another shot if someone had a recipe where it's like cream de la McGanzer or something crazy like that. <laughs> yeah, well, and it could be. It could be. I mean, some of the wild turkey stuff that i came across was honestly really really good you know so i've got a monster turkey on trail camera right now shoot it monster like beard dragon on the ground like pulled back monster really just a monster tom shoot it i've got a full tag if i'm if i do actually spend any time out there with the bow and that thing walks through i will not hesitate to put an arrow right through it no it's i've never seen a turkey on my land so um I didn't, I didn't even bother to get a fall pig this year. I just buy the conservation patron. I do yeah. so much. It just comes with it anyways. And then I don't have to worry about applying for anything anymore. I just, when I put it all together in the spring, I'm like, yep, apply, 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 apply. Right. Cause you already paid for everything anyway. So exactly. See if I get my bear tag or my bobcat tag this year, but at the same time, you know, it I doesn't, doesn't cost you anything for- to find out. I just started applying for both of those last year. I've never learned like Bobcat. I've always like, I really should. And I haven't, I don't have a ton of interest in hunting bear, but I feel like in eight years I might. So I probably should start applying now. Right. I'd like to do it. I just, I have, I know absolutely nothing about them either. So a coworker of mine, friend of mine, he's a big bear hunter, like dogs, bait, the whole deal. He's a guide. He said, anytime when I pull a tag, if I if I just get enough points, pull a tag for area, he'll get me out. So I mean, I've got the I've got the people that can get me out. It's yeah, just, well, I don't know why. Yeah. It's just something I've not been super interested in doing. You're right. Yeah, I I I don't know. Like I said, I'd like to do it, but it's I don't care enough to to try to find or try to pull a tag. Sure. And especially because I have no idea what I'd be doing anyway. Right. Basically, what I'd be doing is sitting in a deer stander in the off season, hoping for the best. I'd probably hire a guide. Oh yeah. I think that's, that's the only way to do it. I agree. I just don't know how I'd want to do it. If I want to do it over dogs or over bait, like what I'd rather do. I think that's the reason why I'm not super interested in do it. Like, I don't know how I'd want to do it. Like to me, I'd rather go out West pulling over the counter tank and glass for hours and try to shoot one off a mountainside. Right. Right. And that's, that's how I picture it. You know, it's like hunting over bait. I mean, doesn't seem very sporting to me and neither do dogs, you know, it's in which is that's pretty much your options here. Right. And that was much I support, what I prefer to. I support the dogs a hundred percent. Like it's cool what they can do and everything else. And like, I'm a big proponent of like, like not talking about like, I mean, those guys, like they do a ton of training. They've right. got a lot of time invested in their dogs. Their dogs do great things. I just right. wish I could watch the dogs work. Right. Like, like that's what I wish I could do. Like if I could watch the dogs work, I'd be a hundred percent be like, like it feels like upland hunting and the dogs are working and they're chasing a bear. I'm like, Hell yeah. bear. like, like that's what I want. And I know that's not how it works. And I support, no. bear hunt. like I support all the dog guys and all that. Like, 
like all the dog hunters for coons and all that stuff. I mean, we all got to stick together. We're all a big family because right. we start fighting amongst amongst each other. Like we don't stand up for the bear dogs and the coon dogs. No one's going to stand up for the bird dogs at the end of the day. Right. So no, and absolutely. And I mean, I, I fully believe that, you know, that, you know, they put in so much time and everything else, you know, it's just, I just, I don't get it, you know, and it's like, it just doesn't do anything for me. Sure. You know, you know and it's, and I think that, like you said, that's part of it is that I can't watch the dog work. I mean, right. bunnies are kind of the same thing. And I love, I love doing that because I like watching the, the dogs do what they're supposed to do. Sure. Yeah. You were a big rabbit hunter, weren't you? Growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Beagle, beagles, was it? Yeah. Yeah. My, my stepdad had just a ton of beagles in the backyard and in town, you know, sometimes, sometimes he'd have a dozen back there, all of them, ooh, all day That's long. Awesome. Yeah. Pissing the neighbors off. <laughs> damn dogs yeah can't sleep that's hilarious well we've hit pretty much that hour mark so this yeah. sounds like a good time i'll give the next couple minutes to you if you want to thank anyone or shout anyone out or um you know i thank you for having me on you know that's that's first and foremost i guess you know and it's uh it's always a good time you know and just get together and, you know, and talk about the stuff that we like to do, right. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's and nice uh, to catch up for hunting season. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, kind of hard to do that at the shows and everything. And with you being so far away too. So, right. Yeah. So, um, but no, it's, thanks again for having me on. It's, it's always fun and we'll have to do it again. Absolutely. And to all my listeners, thanks again for tuning in. I will drop all the comment or all, any links in here. I'll probably drop a Raven Crossbow link because we talked so much about it, just in case you're interested in checking out what Troy's shooting. They're pretty um, cool. I'll toss a link to any social media you want to share and everything else. If anybody wants to check out what Troy has going on. And until next time, everyone, keep chasing that experience. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website, paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures your midwest premier paddle sports destination go to rocktownadventures.com eastport marina the beautiful destination on dale hollow lake if you're looking for lodging kayaks kayak accessories or anything fishing related on the beautiful dale hollow lake go to eastport.info and jig masters jigs when in doubt get the jig out go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today you're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. 
For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.